0: Welcome back to a fine time for healing, a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well being are all that matter. So put your feet up, relax, and enjoy today's show. Don't mind my scratchy throat. I've got a little something going on with my sinuses, and I might cough or clear my throat. So just warning you. <clears throat> and I have my cough drops here just in case. <laughs> um, just as a reminder, if you have not subscribed to my channel the randy fine channel please do we would love to see you there and uh, make sure that you give us a thumbs up and like the shows that you enjoy okay well I have a great treat for you today um today we have ron baker and ron baker um, I'll tell you a little bit about him after walking away from a career in the performing arts to focus on guiding individuals into a surprising new approach to personal transformation, Ron has spent 25 years as a bioenergetics therapist, healer speaker, and now best selling author. He has nurtured thousands into meaningful empowerment through his school of self mastery and inspired millions to come together to worldwide events that he has led from sacred sites around the globe. And um, his website, if you want to know more is ronbaker.net. Okay, that is so brief, and really does not touch upon (laughs) who you are, or what your background is. Um, But I'd rather you tell it. Now, you came to this work in a very, very unusual way. But let's talk about you know i kind of want to talk a little bit about your childhood because that is um i connect with that very much because i work a lot with people who come from difficult childhoods and uh, spend the rest of their life really seeking um you know uh growth and um healing and all of the all of the above so Tell us a little bit about where you came from.
1: So I grew up in North Carolina and like most people had some distinct challenges that were set up in my lifetime. The main one that I will mention is having a father who never said a single thing to me, not one conversation. There he was for the first 13 years anyway of my life and not a single word. And so it was... So confusing to me, and it put so much focus on trying to figure out what was wrong with me, why I didn't deserve the investment or the attention or the acknowledgement. And this ended up being a gift in the long run. It did not feel like a gift growing up. It was so Mm, invalidating and confusing. And so I moved into my adult life carrying those wounds. And so that is the growing up part that I will mention. And then the first pendulum swing out of that came out of discovering that I had some talents. And all of a sudden I started getting attention and being seen. And so I thought, oh, my goodness, this is going to be my way to Prove my worth to my father. And I'm going to get his attention by becoming well-known and it kept progressing. So I can now say well-known around the world for performing because I got to do over 60 leading roles in Broadway shows and opera all over the world. And so when I made my debut at Lincoln Center, which was a real milestone of achievement and glamour. Mm It was a huge success. It was the hottest ticket in New York City for its run. And every night when I would go back to my apartment, I still felt like the little boy from North Carolina who was filled with insecurity and self-doubt. So that particular wound propelled me toward seeking solutions and finding deeper answers. Because also as a child, I felt, so many things I was being told were simply incomplete. They were not truths that allowed me to find peace on the inside. And so I was like, I just know there is a way for life to make sense and for it to have divine order and fairness. And I went on that journey and this is the story that I tell in the book. And I'm so thrilled to be able to share with others about how they too can find those guiding principles understanding self understanding life and how it dances with us and how it is all perfect including the setup of our challenges Mm. so there's a little intro (laughs)
0: that's so great i relate to you so well because i grew up in a dysfunctional home and i remember when i wrote in my memoir my story i i remember the sentence i didn't want to look through the same narrow lens my mother was looking through for the rest of my life. So at a very young age, I think I saw that this perspective that was being shown to me was not adequate. It just wasn't going to fill it, fulfill it. So, um, I was a seeker for many years. So you have, um, perfect pitch and an operatic voice, correct?
1: I have what is called relative perfect pitch okay. which is better than being constantly nagged by hearing the pitch of every uh what do I what would I call it electrical device in the room because I had a couple of friends who had that perfect pitch and they would go oh those lighting fixtures are humming a b flat I'm so glad I don't have <laughs> okay. that however <clears throat> I have relative perfect pitch which means that I can feel in my throat what a certain pitch feels like. So for, for instance, I'm about to do a one-man show in two weeks and I'm gonna start it out in a particular way where I show up and bring the audience in and then start talking to them and jump into a song with no reference to a pitch from the piano. And while I'm singing that acapella, I will walk over and start playing the piano and match the pitches that come in to begin to support the emotional uh, build that it will create. Very exciting.
0: That is exciting. And you've done numerous um, Broadway shows and um, <clears throat> and operas and and things like that. Um, you've performed in the all over the world and you know the most sought after arenas and um, concert halls and. Um, You know, and I know music for me was always something that elevated me to a different place. Do you feel that when you're singing?
1: Yes, I think that if you think about it energetically, And this is something that most people never have been in conversations to discuss the way energy moves in us and the fact that energy has to flow through us in order for us to have vitality and health and all of that. Right. Well, all energy has sound and color, all energy, no matter what it is. And so when you vibrate with your voice, you are literally tuning right into Energy and people will tell me all the time when they are seeing me perform. My body started vibrating when I was in the room with you doing your thing. I've never experienced this, and this is how music moves us, and when you have. For instruments, an instrument for sure, like let's just say a cello, it for sure vibrates. But when the voice gets used, it is it has a human element that has heart and emotion automatically associated. And so it's a very exciting thing to get to use that as a vehicle to inspire, touch others. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it, it was, you know, I sang for many years. I don't have an exceptional voice, but I just love to sing. Yeah. And um, and that's really what elevated me. It was the singing. So that, thank you for that explanation.
1: Yeah, so it, it's also talk- awesome to move your feelings when you like, when I was a teenager dealing with my dad and all of that, I would sit in my room with the piano and play and sing, and I would get my feelings out through that, and it saved my life. So back I to did you. the Sorry same thing.
0: That. I did the same thing. I played yeah. guitar, and I would sit in yeah. my room, and that's that was my solace. That was that was my peace among cra- crazy, you know, chaos around me. Yeah. So let's talk about um your spiritual journey and it really began when you're on a bus going to uh, an audition or a show with a group of people and you overhear someone talking
1: yes so this also uh, ties into the time i mentioned already when i made my debut in new york city at lincoln center okay we were on a tour to do some performances out of town before making the big debut in New York, because once the reviews come out in the main papers, it either makes you or breaks you. And so we were going to do those pre-debut shows. Mm -hmm. And I was on the bus and heard someone behind me, and I became just literally enraptured in what he was sharing. This was in 1990. And this was before there was a huge spiritual conversation going on in the masses. Mm -hmm. And he was telling the story of how he had a near-death experience, how he was lying in a bed, his body became tingly and whatever, and the light that was hanging above him got really bright. And all of a sudden he found himself floating above his body and he could see it in the bed below and he couldn't move his body when this astral part of him disconnected from the physical, then he went through the tunnel of light that many people have heard about at this point. But in 1990, this was so fascinating. And he said he was told when he got to this location where he was connected to life in a way that was so meaningful and, and, and peaceful and loving. And he heard a voice telepathically speak in his head that said, you must go back. You have not learned how to love. And he found himself in his body, starting to wake up. And this person, when he finished telling his story, I turned around and I said, I don't know who you are, but I know I'm supposed to talk to you. And the reason was that I had had energetic or spiritual experiences growing up that I had never heard of anyone else having. And so I felt like I had found one of my people. Mm -hmm. And we became profound Mm -hmm. friends for 22 years, and he became my business partner, the person through which I developed the school of self-mastery. His name was Robert Baker. He's no longer living. But wow, what a profound journey that began, and it accelerated my spiritual awareness and all the answers I had been seeking since I was a child all started to unfold in very surprising ways.
0: And then you noticed that you were um, having um, experiencing physical reactions to your sister, your mother, when she was when your sister had pain, you felt the pain exactly where she felt it, right?
1: Yeah, actually, this started earlier. I was in my early 20s. And this is one of the spiritual experiences I was referring to that I had never heard of anyone having and it equaled being so sensitive that I could tune into the people I cared about and feel their symptoms in my body as if they were happening to me. And so my younger sister was the first one with whom that happened and she came to visit me when I was performing. And I sat down next to her and put my arm around her because we're very close. And I started rubbing her lower back. And she goes, be careful. And I was like, what? She said, I have a kidney infection. And I said, that is so strange. This morning, my kidney area started hurting. And she goes, that is strange. And then when I finished performing that night and they left the next morning, all my kidney stuff went away. And I thought that was fascinating. And then it started happening much more often. And I was like, wait a minute, this is not my stuff. This is me just sensing. And so it compelled me toward finding out how I could use the gift in order to help other people. And so I discovered I was feeling where the energy is moving in the body or where it is blocked. And when energy is blocked, it hits the blockage and creates resistance, friction, and eventually pain in whatever area of the body. And I discovered that through massage and eventually through becoming a trained healer in a bunch of directions, that I can help people literally open the blockage and move the energy and the pain totally goes away. And so it was the discovery of that early on. And then it became explained to me after meeting Robert and starting the next part of that journey.
0: Right. Amazing. It um,
1: was very, very
0: good. <coughs> Excuse me. So no problem. You were meditating with um, with uh, Robert and. Um, you he started You started hearing him talking were sounds coming
1: out of him? Yeah, we went to a meditation group just months after meeting one another, and a woman was leading the meditation group named Alma, and she asked us to close our eyes, and this was new to me, and I loved it, and we were all closing our eyes and taking deep breaths, and she was guiding us through this, and all of a sudden, Robert started talking, and I thought, He is such a polite person. I can't imagine why he's interrupting her. So I opened my eyes. And what he had experienced was completely different. When he closed his eyes and began to breathe, an energy began to move in his body that was so powerful that he thought, I'm not even going to be able to stay conscious if this keeps happening. And indeed, that's what happened. He went unconscious and he became an activated trance channel for the very first time in his life, and the energy that started speaking through him sounded like Robert to begin with because it's his vocal cords, but I paid attention immediately, wait, this is not how Robert talks, and the energy that came through was Archangel Gabriel, and Gabriel began to identify himself and began to uh, give this gorgeous, beautiful message And as it turns out, that began a conversation with Archangel Gabriel as our teacher that has now gone on for 33 years because I also opened up a capacity for that as well, just very differently than how Robert did it. And so it was where I finally was able to get every question that I had ever had as a child about life and how it works and wanting to understand it and how to work with it and how to resolve the wounded stuff. And this thousands of hours of education has just changed my life so much. And as I began to share what I was learning and began to share the understanding that I had of it moving through my body energetically because of being able to feel so acutely, I started sharing with other people, and they, too, began to experience such powerful shifts that I let go of my performing career, as did Robert, and we began to get training in lots of directions, such as becoming bioenergetics therapists, and turned it into the beginning of the School of Self-Mastery.
0: What an awesome story. (laughs) there's um if you don't mind there's a passage from your book that gabriel spoke and it's one i want my listeners to hear because it's something this is something i speak about all the time but archangel gabriel put it in such perfect words that i really want to share this um okay this is what he said most of you have been unaware that your lives are set up with distinct structures and stages, all of which provide important elements for the unfolding of your individual soul plan. plans. These initial setups are what form the foundation of your soul curriculum for a particular lifetime. Now, soul curriculum, meaning that we're in school. We know that it will likely be a stretch for you to consider that each of your challenges is set in place to serve and guide you. This is true for your simplest challenges as well as your most complex. The main purpose of challenges is to provide an opportunity for you to explore, discover, and claim a particular layer of your personal potential. The process that you move through as you face each challenge allows you to build skills and to develop specific qualities. Each challenge that you resolve teaches you, starting with revealing which of your choices work well and which ones do not. In each case, you will all learn through a process of trial and error. Um, And then he talks about um, if you pay attention, you will see what a wide array of challenges individuals are negotiating around you, no matter what challenges are set up in any of your lives. We want you to feel comforted in the knowledge that each of your challenges is intended to serve you, encouraging and supporting you on the most meaningful journey possible. What we refer to is the all-important process of learning how to love and value yourselves, your most authentic, sacred self. You know, if nope, if if people don't get any more than that, That is a life lesson that can guide them through everything.
1: Yeah. I like to actually apply that into a very simple map. Okay. I believe we live in a world that has lacked education about self. For instance, I went to 20 years of school. I got three degrees beyond high school, not one course ever talked about self. And so. We have lived in a world where people are developing skills and moving out and creating structures, but there's very little process or awareness of self, particularly self as a soul journey. And so I'd like to create a map now for everybody who's listening today. And it is when we are born, there are three facets of self held inside us in potential. And I give them simple words though there's a lot to it. It's three concentric circles because we start out opening the beginning layers of self, and then we're intended to grow into all three layers in potential. So it's child at the center, adult in the middle, and soul as the biggest circle. Most people have never heard a practical way of applying soul. And if you consider it that it's the highest potential that we have, and the soul is involved from the beginning, this is the simplest way I have found of wording it. When you are a six year old, if I said to you, there is an adult held inside you, and you're just six, it would freak you out. You would have no idea what that meant right no idea what the references would be how you would perceive life what the potentials are you're even moving toward it is a completely foreign concept and so even though that was true because of the beginning levels of consciousness that we had developed by six we know now if we're listening to this as an adult that we grew into an adult body and we have more capacities and depths, but this is the deal. Most people don't remotely live in the depths of their true adult consciousness and their emotional and energetic potentials. They're operating from the setup that the soul creates in childhood. And so the setup of challenges and gifts is in there just like my father never speaking to me but i had gifts that would help me move into the world and we need to spend adulthood developing the gifts and resolving the challenges from a higher perspective but if you don't know that there's a journey of self and this is why we're here on a soul level Then we create the structures. And just like me getting to Lincoln Center and having huge success, I did not feel different on the inside. I was still trapped in my wounded child setup. And so I then, once I started getting the education from Gabriel and other teachers, Started to understand the journey of self and started to gain the tools and the capacities for introducing a whole new set of experiences. Why am I pausing on that word? Experience is everything. You can only trust what you've actually experienced. This is why we get stuck as the child. We experience the impact of whatever our setup was, whatever the limits were. And because we've experienced it, it was very real to us. And we create all kinds of protection and defense, and we modify our behaviors and decide who we have to be and what the limits are going to be and the limits of what we deserve. That's the setup of the soul curriculum. That's the challenges but we move into adulthood and we still believe the limits of what we've experienced. And so the way the energy works is through the law of attraction and resonance. It says, I resonate with these limits. Therefore, I look for the affirmation of these limits and we attract very similar archetypes. So I attracted teachers prior to meeting Gabriel and all of that, I attracted teachers who didn't give me focus, who didn't know how to come to the table with the things I actually needed. I attracted authority figures who mirrored how I had grown up and that continued to frustrate and compel me forward so that I could eventually learn how to open to new experiences and understand that if I now opened to those ways I treat myself with nurturing, and I believe more fully as I begin to nurture myself, that nurturing is even possible. (laughs) And I sought out teachers who would then nurture whatever part of my life that I needed from them. And I opened and allowed it and created these beautiful new experiences that I could learn to trust as an adult, and then would go back and nurture the child and literally reparent the wounded part of self. And that is the journey that I take in this book, is I start with my adult meeting my child. There it is, bright lights, big empty. (laughs) And you can understand from when I arrived to Lincoln Center under the bright lights Mm -hmm. of that or Broadway show or whatever. On the inside, I was still in the big empty, but I learned how to turn that into a whole new meaning by the end of the book. So that's the journey you'll get. But I take people on the journey of sharing my particular challenges and how I learned through Gabriel to face them, nurture them and resolve them and how to move into healing the wounded child claiming the empowered adult, and even moving into the initiations of soul, which is a whole other subject. But it becomes very exciting for everyone, with my clients as an example, thousands around the world, when they get a clear map and they understand what they're working toward, why they're working toward it, how to do it, and it becomes so reliable that they blossom into more and more and more of their potential life becomes exciting in a very different way.
0: Wow. (laughs) That is so profound. And you, you know, you touched on so many elements that we hear about, um, but you put it together in a way that makes sense. And it really helps us understand our journey and, you know, I think that um, the inner child, or the the child, whatever you want to call it, um, mm-hmm. it used to be like you know junk science, pseudoscience, a, you know, psycho babble, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But now we know that we must heal that child before we can become who we, you know, flourish as adults. Yeah. We must. Well.
1: All we have to do is look at a simple example. If you are at an elegant adult dinner party and you're feeling all ooh-la-la and all of a sudden you knock over a glass of water, (laughs) do you go, oh, it's no big deal, I'm an adult, everything happens, everybody makes mistakes. Most people go into, (gasps) I feel like the six-year-old who made mistakes and got criticized or got punished or whatever, If we don't learn to go in to the memories that are still held in that subconscious part of self, it's going to run the show way more than most people realize.
0: Good example. You're absolutely right. That child, the, the issues of our childhood come, come out and they, they do run the show until we become aware of it. And, you know, challenges adversity um, things like that we cannot propel ourselves forward we cannot grow we can't grow our soul we can't develop if we don't have them and so many people because i work in a field where um people are suffering from multiple levels of emotional abuse and um i'll often hear them say what did i do why am i being punished know and that's when i have to bring in this spiritual part of me and say oh no no you know this is this is for your better good um and i share my philosophy of you know the way that i've learned to live life is when i feel like i'm coming up against the hardest thing ever that's the one i work hard to get around or through or over because i know that's one of the things i'm here to do and so you know the hardest challenges are here to make us grow right
1: so let's make it practical let's go back to my father example because everything you just shared is so true but it can end up sounding like spiritual idealism or woo-woo people right. will call it exactly. and it's like okay how do i make this practical okay Ron, you had a father who never said anything to you, and you had certain feelings that you learned to fight, like invalidation, unimportant, irrelevant. That's how I felt, but I didn't want to feel that way, so I buried it deep in the subconscious. We have a part of the brain, the limbic brain, that personalizes everything that's happening, particularly when we're children it operates almost at the same frequency as hypnosis. And so as a child, we are taking that in, everything that happens and we go, how does that impact me? That is our first sense of having individuality. Individuality, I can say the word. It is our first sense of being an individual. And so we personalize it. And so I decided, oh it equals that i'm not valuable i'm not important i'm my feelings don't matter my needs don't matter et cetera. and so that becomes programmed well how does that serve me i don't understand people say okay doesn't get obvious until you become an adult or a very fortunate child who happens to come upon a teacher and you're ready to begin to resolve it. But it still compelled me toward the teachers that I sought out around the world because I had such a wounded deficit of nurturing that it put my focus on it. This is the soul saying, this is the arena you're ready to look at in this lifetime. And so if my father had given me a mediocre level of nurturing, I probably would have just settled for that and said, okay, it's fine. It's how everybody is. But because it was so severe, it put my focus on it. And I said, I'm going to go figure out what's missing and how I can resolve it. So the compulsion of the wound inspired me to seek deeper answers. And then once I learned that there are nine levels of nurturing that we all need from the time we're little kids and that we need to perpetuate in our lives and in our relationships for the entirety of our lives, then all of a sudden I could begin to treat myself this way and inspire it in my friendships and connections and primary relationship. And I taught myself the very things that were missing for me That then inspired me into a career where I've gotten to help reparent thousands of people directly and through the internet, many more than that. Right. And so it served me not only for me, but to impact in the world. And so that also develops a trust of our value that my voice matters, my experiences matter. Because ultimately, as a child, what we want to experience is I matter. Mm -hmm. And I got the opposite to that from my father. And so I was compelled to go figure out and now trust self-value in such a profound way. And I watch it blossoming in all my clients' a hundred percent of the people who are willing to go and apply the tools that I teach as an example of an approach, make such clear, consistent moves into more and more and more of their own self, their authentic self, Mm -hmm. what is really held in there. And they too move into self-love and self-value in ways that are not spiritual woo-woo or idealistic in any way, quite practical right. so there's a little bit of applying it
0: thank you wow thank you for sharing that that's a great way to explain it you know you've got this down you've got this mapped out right uh, I think it it's out.
1: important to have clear maps if we don't have a map then we're just existing and flailing and grasping mm-hmm. at straws and and we don't use our energy efficiently
0: right it's a lot of trial and error and Kind of
1: and we don't even know what we're working toward. We just right. know we don't like how we feel now. Right.
0: Exactly. So it's exactly. important
1: to make it a very practical, reliable approach rather than like, I'll have a lot of clients who come to me and go, I've gathered a lot of tools. I've gone to a lot of workshops. I have so many meditations or affirmations or whatever everybody has learned, they go, but I don't know what to do with them. I don't know how to build something that is a reliable, practical map of the evolving self. They don't say those words because they wouldn't know how yet, but I help them understand that that's what they're saying. And once they learn how, then every tool can become a stunning way to enhance at different times the journey. Of I love my life. I love waking up and investing in the things that matter to me. I love how it becomes more fulfilling. And instead of Lincoln Center is supposed to give me a sense of validation and a way to impress my father. Instead, it's how do I fill the experience so I fulfill myself and become the source of my own sense of self? And that makes all the difference. And it enhanced every relationship, including the one with my father, which I take a through line, I take the reader on a through line of that journey, and it goes to some really beautiful healed places by the end.
0: Yes, it does. It does. Um, That's, you know, that's just so beautiful. Thank you. So, my question is, you know, do, do you think that we arrange or, or make these uh, soul agreements with ourselves or with others before we come here?
1: Yes, in a big way. Mm-hmm. And I had heard terms like that early on in my life, and it just again, seemed so remote and like, oh, that's just a convenient thing to say. And but as I have moved into more and more of myself and moved into the initiations of soul and have moved into a capacity to connect to higher energies, I have had very direct experiences of the soul, the soul connection, the soul agreements. I'm going to give you an example. I think examples are so important. So we don't just talk concept. So when my mother who got cancer at a very young age ended up in the hospital and from the day she was diagnosed eight days later, she was gone. We literally spent all eight days as her three children in her hospital room. And we shared everything that we could, taking her through this sacred time of transition. Of course, we didn't know that's where we were headed when we started. But eight days later, that was the truth. Well, what was so profound for me in that time with my mom is once they discovered there was no way her body was going to recover, it was clearly moving toward the end. They put her on medication to help her be comfortable to be able to relax and let go. And that generally implies something like morphine. Okay. So she would get hits of the morphine at various times. And I am seeing a sign for a low battery. I'm glad I saw that. So we didn't all of a sudden disconnect. Okay. So um <clears throat> interesting. We're talking about transitioning and, and endings. <laughs> so right. anyway. I would tune into my mom when she was going to sleep during those interludes. We would share a ton, and then she needed to rest and go to sleep. And so when she was asleep, I would meditate on her, and I became aware that I could see what was happening on the higher dimensional levels or the other side of the veil. Okay. So I saw when certain people who had already passed, showed up, and were connected to her. And then she would wake up and go, oh my goodness, I was just with Uncle Jay, as an example. Mm -hmm. And I had already told my sisters what I was seeing. Then I felt her soul energy surround her. And to me, it looked like this really comforting light. And she said when she woke up, I don't know what was happening, but I was being surrounded by something that felt like chiffon. Eventually, she called me over to hold her hand. And that was the first time she had done such a thing. And I sat down with her and held her hand. And when she went to sleep, All of a sudden, I was being taken through what I call a wormhole. You've seen it in movies where all of a sudden you're going through this tunnel Mm -hmm. and I was moving through this tunnel and all of a sudden I heard her say, I'm showing you how to connect to me once I'm no longer here Mm -hmm. as a soul. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And then all of a sudden energy from the other side flooded my body and my body shook for at least a solid minute and so i had no idea what the specifics were i'd never heard of this kind of thing so i had the privilege of going and asking gabriel what in the world was happening and he said your mother is the conduit through which your soul came in order to move into the planet to have this lifetime As she is preparing to leave the planet, it makes that veil very accessible and more of your soul energy was able to flood through that and activate in your body. I thought this was so profound. So that's one example of getting to know about soul energy from a very real grounded place. And there are countless examples of stories where the soul agreements become very clear with people, mm-hmm. or I get visions of, oh, I see the two of you together, but in that lifetime, you were this relationship rather than the one you're having now. I also recognize certain people when i meet them and flashes of our past come to me so yes i deeply believe not just from a spiritual concept but from a very real experiential level and as I do my work with people and they move into clearing the wounded dense stuff and they move into more and more when they too become dealing with these higher levels of energy, they also have similar experiences to what I just shared.
0: I've I've heard that um, called oh, shared I can't hear you experience. all of a
1: sudden. I'm getting no sound from you. Hello? nothing
0: i don't know why i didn't do it
1: yeah um all we can do is keep going and see if the re the listeners are still able to hear you but i personally cannot hear you at all
0: okay all right can you <laughs> i'll do read my best lips. to read your lips <laughs> <laughs> can you read lips okay um so, all right, so th- th- this is going to be difficult to do.
1: So I'm not able to read your lips. So what I will do <laughs> is I'll grab my phone okay, and you can text me and we'll just go with the flow <laughs> okay. because all this right. is life. Sure. We don't have to have it be perfect. We go with the flow. Absolutely. <clears throat> and so I'm assuming you will have my number and if you don't, I mm-hmm. can... Mm-hmm. Send it to you. Mm-hmm. Let me
0: see, let me so, see.
1: thank you, listeners, for being patient while we get through this little glitch mm-hmm. we are having.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I am emailing you Email right now you make- with yes. the number.
0: Okay.
1: I have sent it to you, and we will see if that works. And you can either text me or you can email me and we will make it work this way.
0: Okay.
1: In the meantime, while you do that, I will just share that it is super important that we all learn how to connect to self. And the best way I know of doing that is to show people how practical it is and how most people are not actually that connected to their self. The way I'm going to do it is saying one word. And when I say that word, I would love for you to focus on it, but not change a thing. Just pay attention. As basic as it is, the word is breath. Pay attention to how you are habitually breathing right now. Because I have done this for so many years, for so many people around the world, I pretty much know that most of you will discover you're breathing down to about right here, and it's a rather shallow survival breath. Well, guess what? There are reasons for that. I'm going to stand up to give you a little visual. The child self is held down here in the lower body. The heart self is where the adult operates in the conscious mind. And then we have the higher self up here. So if all of my challenges are held in that lower body, I want to escape that as much as possible, says the child and then the uninformed adult. Mm. And so the child runs up here and starts operating in the head. Let me figure out, let me remind myself of all the things I have to do in order to avoid the trauma of feelings Mm that we think are so threatening to us as a child. And so we stop breathing like we did as an infant. If you watch an infant lying in the crib on its back, the only thing that moves is the belly. It goes up and down. That is a full body breath. Well, if I'm going to escape shaking up all that early stuff, I start breathing as shallowly as possible And unfortunately, that disconnects us and the child inside feels abandoned. And we never really claim the adult capacity because we don't even have access to our bodies. And so I teach people a proactive breath that I'd love to teach you now. And so if you'll put one hand on your upper chest and one hand on your lower belly, way down in your lower belly, I'd like you to take what you consider to be a full proactive breath in the nose and out the mouth play. Most people discover that their hand that's on their chest moves a lot more fully than the belly. Play with it until you can fill up your belly mostly. So you want to fill that up like you're six months pregnant at the top of the breath. So you're full because every in-breath you take is a very clear message to your body that says, this is how much I deserve to receive. And if I'm only giving myself survival levels, people wonder, why am I only manifesting just enough to survive in my life? This is the foundation of the messaging we're giving ourselves that's still trapped in the wounded child. And so if we now take a deep breath and fill the belly, that gives an initial message to the child that says, I'm going to show up as the adult and give us what we actually need and develop a scope of receiving that is stunning. Now we move to the out-breath. And I see that you've texted me and I'll read it in two seconds. So the outbreath is a very clear message about how safe I feel to assert who I am. And if we weren't encouraged as little ones to share, Ron, how are you feeling? What are you going through? What are your perceptions? What are your opinions? What are your interests? We learn to hold on to that. And we clearly know I was not encouraged as a child. That's why I use me as an example. And so what people end up discovering is they take a deep breath on the in and then the out breath looks sort of like as closed and tight and careful as possible. And I would love to introduce adult options. I call it adult reality potential and to do a breath that looks more like this. And then I say to everyone I teach, do I seem threatened in any way that I filled myself and that I asserted and allowed a release and a freedom? And every adult can see I'm not threatened. And so I say, now you do it and show your adult self that you are enhanced, moving tons more energy. You're feeding every cell oxygen and energy. The proof is in the pudding that you're not threatened to stretch your familiar child comfort zone into this adult experience. And that Now, the benefits of being reconnected to yourself will allow you to make discoveries of self and to introduce nurturing and to receive. And it also creates vitality and physical health. And I use myself as an example of the possibilities. I have been sick two days in 25 years, two days. And one of those was food poisoning. And so if we're moving the energy and learn how to allow this vital flow that wants to take place of life moving through us, so many things become possible. So now I hope you learned where you were. And while I read this text, practice taking a few really deep, proactive breaths.
0: So the first question. So
1: I. and now tuned into your texts okay and you're going to ask me about becoming a singer or did you change your mind breathing you're going to have to oh the breathing yes And
0: singing so
1: So you want me to take a few breaths with the reader with the listeners (laughs) (laughs) sorry we're going to speak through sign language today so
0: it's interesting i'm going to ask him it's interesting that you were able so
1: i also see that you wrote why are some souls unable to fulfill their challenges is that where you'd rather me go (laughs) this is going to be an interesting podcast to listen to (laughs) so while you text me the other thing i will briefly say something about that everyone can begin to face their challenges and i'm going to say it this way let's make it practical challenges are there to give you a focus so that you begin to practice and develop and claim a layer of your potential so as a practical way we had to learn to feed ourselves at the beginning we couldn't do it and you literally face the challenge and once you do you have this capacity that will serve you for the rest of your life (laughs) Every single skill we learn is the same. And so you're facing a challenge and you work through the trial and error and then you've claimed more of self. So now so let's see question, what the question, so is. question is. It's interesting it, that you were able to sing when you, you didn't know how to, sing to breathe.
0: When you didn't know how to breathe.
1: <laughs> I see you pointing. So I'm going to go to that one. So I did develop my capacity to breathe in I had no idea how to breathe out, and my singing got tons better once I was developing this capacity through what Gabriel was teaching me, and then began to take over with figuring out practical ways to teach this to other people. My singing got so much better, and now that I'm 172, I am thrilled to say that my singing is still at peak form which is not typical for people over 120 and so (laughs) i can say that just the reliability and sustainability of the body and its potentials is helped so much but yes it is interesting that tons of singers interesting i used to own a yoga studio And I gathered all the teachers. There were like 15 or 20 of them. And I gathered them all. And I wanted to join our energies as a company and to create a resonance of mutual support. And when I looked at them all breathing, I was baffled that even yoga teachers needed the benefit of what I was teaching. And so... It doesn't matter what field we're in. If I go to meetings, as an example, uh, consciousness, self-raising con- uh, consciousness kinds of, of right. uh, meetings or uh, there's a word I'm looking for, but I'm going to let it go. Where people gather to learn about that kind of thing. Conventions. There we go. So I go and people will say, OK, so everybody take a deep breath and then the person doesn't model it or they'll take an in breath. And there's no release, they'll go, and then they'll start talking as if that is a complete breath. And the out breath is at least as important as the in breath. You can't move energy without the out breath. When I'm working on people and helping to move something that's in pain, I get them to breathe in this way. And if they don't open the mouth in this way, and they can't release the pain nearly so well, Is what they need to do. So I see I have another text that I'm expecting here. No matter what, while she's texting that to me, no matter what you do with today's session, make sure that you seek the help that you need. So many of us, like myself included, learned that it's either a sign of weakness or I don't deserve, or I'm probably not going to find something that actually makes any difference anyway. And we haven't experienced transformation and therefore we can't trust that transformation is possible. Mm-hmm. But when my clients come to me as an example, I'm a living example that it's possible. And so they get to witness it. And I show them right away with things like the breath. You just experience the transformation from survival breathing to much deeper flowing, empowered breathing. Yes, you can build on it and make it better and better. But that's an example of taking a small comfort zone and transforming it into adult potential. So... Uh, Her next thing is I do a trauma release technique that emphasizes the out breath as well, which is stunning. I'm telling you, if you want to relax before you go into a meeting that you're nervous about, if you're about to have a conversation with somebody you care about, and it's going to be challenging, spend time getting in touch with you with that simple, but powerful tool then imagine the experience that you want to have with that person you're about to speak with and go ahead and give yourself that experience on the inside so that you activate the feelings and show yourself how safe you are in adult reality to have this new experience. Using these things in practical ways before you find whatever teacher you seek out that can help you understand the map of self and the awakening self is so important.
0: So, so final words of encouragement. Final words of encouragement.
1: Am I doing this or are you doing this? You're doing I'm it. doing this, okay. She wanted me to share some final words of encouragement as we close for today. As I said, the bottom line is show up for you. You matter. The child may not know and trust that yet, but the reason you're here listening to this podcast is because a part of you already knows You're on a journey of seeking and you matter. So now it's a question of showing up to where there's a clear process, a clear map of learning to connect and creating new adult experiences of nurturing self and beginning to share that with others. If you want to hear my story, you can get it through my website, bright lights, big empty. There it is on the visual And you can order it on Amazon or you can do it through my website. You can also ask questions and get all the help you need. And so not only did she have a scratchy throat today, but Randy had a scratchy sound system. (laughs) And so it has been me bringing this to a close. I thank you, Randy, for creating this vehicle so that we can reach more people with this empowering, nurturing information bless you.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Ron. Um, Ron can't hear me, but I did text him saying I'm going to have him back because there's so much I wanted to say, and I didn't get a chance to. So I'm going to text him or call him when we're finished and tell him what I'm telling you. Um, And I hope you all have a wonderful day. Thank you.
1: Take care, everyone.